Know Your Food with Warty, episode 126. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 126. See you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey, and welcome everyone. I've got a great tip of the week for you here today. It has to do with roasting. What if you can't have marshmallows? You've got a campfire. It's a wonderful thing to do in the summer camping, of course, not when it's too dry in fire season and you're not allowed. But if you're roasting over an open fire and you have food allergies that prevent you from doing the typical thing, roasting marshmallows, what are you to do? Well, we have some alternatives for you on the Traditional Cooking School blog, and these are from Andrea. You can see them all at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash roasting alternatives, where roasting alternatives is one word. She gives you ideas for fruits, meats, breads, cheese. Oh, it just all sounds beautiful, wonderful, and delicious, and there's a beautiful picture. I'm going to focus on one of the ideas, and that is cheese, because hard cheeses are really fun to roast. Um, in fact, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, um, Wives and Daughters, and Molly... And her father, Dr. Gibson, Um, this is when Dr. Gibson hadn't remarried and he's raising Molly alone and his wife has passed away many years before. So Molly pretty much has not known a mother. She's only known a father and they're very close. And they roast cheese together over the fire in the house, you know, the fireplace. So there's a scene, at least one scene of them roasting cheese over the fire, um, And then he remarries and his new wife abhors strong cheese and she turns her nose up at it. So it kind of changes the family dynamic. But anyway, hard cheeses are fun to roast, I was saying. And Andrea's tips are you just don't want to hold it over the flame too long or it will melt right off the stick. Stack your roasting stick with garlic bread. And, you know, if you need gluten-free, you may have a gluten-free recipe. But garlic bread, a piece of cheese, or a slice of summer sausage topped with cheese. Roast until the cheese is melty and the bread or meat is toasty. Um, If you want a gooey, s'more-esque experience, you'll sandwich your hot melty cheese between two crackers. So those are some ideas for you of roasting hard cheese when you can't have marshmallows. And for more ideas of roasting fruits, meats, breads, and of course the cheese one I just said, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash roasting alternatives. Hi, I'm Morty, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at traditionalcookingschool.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems like eczema and food allergies, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, 
Then visit traditionalcookingschool.com slash free today. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Today I want to tell you a story. This is how one chiropractic visit changed our newborn son's life. I've previously published this story online at my friend Stephanie's blog, keeperofthehome.org. And you know, I've never, I probably linked to it off of Traditional Cooking School by Ganalfglin's site, um, but I don't think I've ever spoken about it on the podcast or anything. And when I was thinking about what I would do for a podcast this week, I thought, why don't I share this story? So here it is. This is how one chiropractic visit changed our newborn son's life. I gave birth to our third child, our son, um, at home in 1999. He cried quite a bit, so we wondered if he was in pain. He did have several issues from birth, and this made things more complicated and confusing for us. We didn't know always what was going on, because one of his issues was itchy eczema from head to toe, and that's another story. Um, but this crying, could he be in pain kind of issue, seemed unrelated um, to the eczema, and it did seem related to a noticeable neck weakness. We noticed that he couldn't hold his head up straight, and he couldn't really turn his head from side to side, and those milestones had passed, like our, our two other children, our daughters, had done that you know, already by the time he was this age, and he was not doing it. Um, our pediatrician said he probably had and I may be mispronouncing this, tarticollis, which is permanent nerve damage in the neck, like he got it through, you know, just birth, and then he might not ever get better. She said, let's just wait and see. Our midwife, who had been with us for two home births, suggested we see a chiropractor. She knew of one who believed so strongly in newborn adjustments that he did them for free. And so I called his office, I explained what was happening with our son, and they gave us a next day appointment. So at this point, our son was two and, a half two and a half months old, and most of that time he'd spent crying. I mean, he was a wonderful boy. He nursed well, but he cried a lot, especially when we laid him down to sleep. And it was concerning to us. I remember the appointment day very clearly. It was um, the same day I had a pediatrician's appointment. The chiropractor had given us appointment that was right after the pediatrician's appointment. And um, I was the only one going to these appointments because our daughters were young. They stayed home with my um, mother-in-law. And my husband was working, so it was just me taking our son. Took him to the pediatrician, and then I took him to the chiropractor. But I want to back up to the uh, pediatrician's appointment, tell you something about me. So I'm a really trusting person. I tend to trust everyone. And sometimes I say too much. So I'm at the pediatrician's appointment. I'm a little bit naive. And I'm telling the pediatrician that we're going to the chiropractor next and why. And this is the same pediatrician who'd said, let's just wait and see. He may have torticollis. He may have nerve damage. You know, just, we just got to wait it out. He might never hold his neck, his head up straight. Um, so I told her we're going to the chiropractor. She was already politely skeptical about our, have ha our having had two home births after cesarean. 
Um, we were resistant to topical steroid creams for his eczema. Uh, we were we we had decided not to immunize. Um, so she was skeptical. This didn't surprise me. It shouldn't have surprised me. I should say, it shouldn't have surprised me. But I was surprised because, like I said, I was a little naive. So I'm sharing. You know, we're going to the chiropractor and. And she's like poo-pooing it. So I was surprised, but I shouldn't have been. She advised that we don't go to the chiropractor because she didn't think it was going to be any good. It might be a waste of time. And she even said it could hurt our son. So by the time I was done with the uh, pediatrician's appointment, I was in tears. And I packed up our son in the car seat, taking him out to the, you know, the parking lot. We're about to leave. And I'm like crying and ready to cancel the chiropractic appointment. I called my husband, and he's very patient and wise. He just was like, you know, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> you already have the appointment. Keep it. Um, if you don't feel uncomfortable with anything, you don't have to do it. But you might as well do it. I mean, what if, what if it's going to help him? And I do have to say at that point, neither my husband or I had any prior experience with chiropractors, so we didn't really know what to expect, if anything, but um, the very fact that our midwife had recommended him, I guess, you know, when I, when I pull back from the experience of the, um, the pediatrician being negative and, you know, I calm down from that, what stands out to me was the trust we had in our midwife and she recommended this and it seemed worth doing so I agreed with my husband wiped my tears went to see the chiropractor I was afraid though because the idea of a chiropractic adjustment sounded scary our son was so little and so fragile and he was hurting I mean he was crying he was hurting so we got there and uh, the very first thing the chiropractor did was check our son's pain level through um, testing the gag reflex. Put his, put the, put the doctor put his finger in our son's mouth, you know, and how far he could slide the finger in before the baby gags or the person um, is a sign of how much pain they're in. So the sooner they gag on the finger is a sign of um, being in more pain. And our son gagged almost right away when the doctor put his finger in. And the chiropractor said, and I, I can still hear it, he said, this boy is in pain. And that was kind of crushing. I mean, because we knew he was in pain. And then to hear the chiropractor say, this boy is in pain, it was both validating and sort of like defeating. And I had hope, but I was like so sad. <laughs> Are, you know, he's two and a half months old and he's in pain. How can this be possible? Well, the chiropractor went on to examine our son very gently. He noted that our, our baby's head was misshapen. He probed the head and neck area very gently. And all of this was helping my confidence grow because I could see how gentle and um, strategic his movements were. He seemed like he knew what he was doing and he knew just the touch and the gentleness, and our son didn't, was just fine through it. And so he's probing and feeling, and he says um, something like, okay, it's right here. <laughs> so he figured out the source of the neck pain and the limited movement. 
And he didn't just go ahead and fix it. He stopped to explain, which I really appreciated. He stopped to explain what he was about to do. He showed me how little pressure he would be applying to relieve, um, you know, what was wrong. I think he said something like, there's a pinched nerve or something is pinched right here and that's stopping your son's head from moving and this is what's causing the pain and all I have to do and I think he 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 used his finger on me and showed me this is all I'm going to be doing it's so gentle it was barely a touch really when he um when he showed me what he was going to be doing. So I felt confident, you know, this is not going to hurt my son. And then he, I said, okay. And he went on and he did exactly what he told me he was going to do, exactly what he showed me he was going to do. He did on our son. He applied pressure to a place behind one of our son's ears and then said, okay, I'm done. I just, and he said, I just released a nerve that was being pinched. And he said, because our son's head was misshapen, he said his head would return to a fairly normal shape but um, it would probably never be perfect. And he is now, our son is now um, 15. <laughs> and his head is still misshapen. It did get better, but the doctor was right. The chiropractor was right. The asymmetry is slight, but I can still see it. Uh, the chiropractor also told us that he expected our son to start getting better right away. He asked me to come back for a follow-up visit, although it would probably be unnecessary. We went home, and within 24 hours, our son was holding his head up straight. He could turn his head all around. He finally rolled over, and he was no longer crying in pain. It was an amazing 24 hours. I am so thankful to God, and I would say that is the number one time in my life. Something is just stands out so clearly as miraculous. I really consider it miraculous. Um, and I'm so thankful. We all are. I mean, it was like witnessing a miracle. Our son was crying all the time, couldn't hold his head up, couldn't turn his head. And within 24 hours, he'd done several baby milestones, like I mentioned, rolling over, turning his head all around. And the biggest thing was he wasn't in pain anymore. And when your child is in pain, that's what breaks your heart. So to continue the story, just a quick related story, within a few years of our experience, we had friends who gave birth uh, to a little boy who had the same weak neck and pain systems symptoms, and I think people knew about our experience or a mutual friend, so anyway, I was able to share our story, share about the chiropractor with our friends, and they took their son to him, and their baby had a similar recovery. It wasn't a 24-hour turnaround as our sons had been, but it was a turnaround. Um, so that's my story. I wanted to share a couple reasons why you might consider newborn chiropractic care. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I know and believe that birth is beautiful and natural. However, as we experienced, birthing is potentially traumatic, especially when modern obstetrical appliances are used but even in a natural birth there can be trauma like the baby experiences extra pressure when the when the mother's laying down while birthing her pelvic opening becomes smaller when she's laying down plus she has to push harder to work against gravity um, when I gave birth to our son I was laying down and he was a big baby at over nine pounds so I think it's speculation but I think those two things had everything to do with our son's pinched nerve and misshapen head 
Birth injuries can appear immediately or they can develop over time. Obviously, the neck pain and reduced movement that our son experienced was an immediate injury. Um, there's a source, and I'll give it to you in the show notes, that shares that documented immediate birth trauma results include spinal cord and brainstem injuries, brain bleeding and swelling, neurological deficits, breathing problems, sudden infant death syndrome, and then long-term problems could include learning disabilities, headaches, visual and hearing problems, certain palsies, and other immune dis- dis- um, issues. So again, not to be an alarmist, these are potential traumas. And so a lot of parents take every baby to their chiropractor for a routine newborn spinal and nervous system check, just like most people do the pediatrician. If I'd had any more children, but we were done after number three, I'm pretty sure that I would have taken them all to the chiropractor for a newborn check. Um, I'd love to hear what your experience is are. Um, have you done routine newborn chiropractic checks? Have you had special issues that mean you've gone to visit a chiropractor for a newborn check? Uh, come on by the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com/126 and share in the comments. I have a couple suggestions for you. Um, if you're in the market for a newborn chiropractor, maybe you, like I did, feel wary of taking your newborn to a chiropractor. Maybe you're worrying that the adjustment will injure your baby. Um, if you have a chiropractor who's experienced in newborn care, it's not true. Um, so if you're considering infant chiropractic care, here's some suggestions. Find a chiropractor who's experienced in working with newborns and infants and preferably certified and trained through the ICPA, which is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, and ask for references. Um, Ask the chiropractor to explain to you and demonstrate on you whatever pressures he or she will be applying to your child. Pressure should be so gentle that a sleeping baby won't wake up. And that was true for us. I mean, it was literally a touch. Look for a chiropractor who moves slowly and gently examines your child, looking into the baby's eyes and speaking soothingly. It's very comforting, and it's very um, trust-evoking. Choose a chiropractor who makes you feel comfortable, a doctor you feel you can trust. Now, um, I'm going to round this out with a couple notes. First of all, I share this at keeperthehome.org and at the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 126. I'll include a link to that Um, original article so you can read it. I want to give some thanks. So I've been talking about this chiropractor all along, and I'm going to name who he is, Dr. Hoops of Fresno, California, USA. He is the chiropractor that God used to heal our son. And I also want to give big thanks to Dr. Matt Garofalo of Hands-On Health Family Chiropractic in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, for reviewing my information and saying it was accurate about chiropractic care and chiropractors and what you should look for and all that. Um, I wrote this four years ago. I I wrote up our experience and he reviewed it then when I shared it at at Keeper of the Home. So I want to thank him. And I'm just going to finish up this episode by asking you again, have you tried chiropractic care either for yourself or your children? What has your experience been? And I'm especially interested in hearing about any newborn chiropractic experiences you've had because um, I want you to come on by the show notes and share them, and I think they will benefit listeners today and in the future who hear this episode may have an issue 
with a newborn or know of somebody that could be helped by this information. So come on by and share your experiences and your wisdom. Knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 126. God bless you all. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then, without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.